This week on the Pushable Lace Podcast, our guest is Suk Sidhu, and we chat all about the online fitness business. Three, two, one, six-figure fit pros again. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Poor Legs podcast with myself, Dan Meek. And me, Tom Hall. What's going on, Dan? Not a lot, mate. Yeah, all good. Um, <laughs> so today, uh, we've got a very special guest with us. Uh, we have got Suk Sidhu from Online Fitness Business. that right? Oh. Com. Com. There we go. Thank you. Dan got it right. <laughs> Reading his notes really well. I was just thinking of a short online fitness business. I was like, is it .com, .co.uk? .com. You got it. Yeah, cool. Nailed it. How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Yeah, we're all good. It's, it's nice, these nice summer evenings now, because it's nice natural light. Usually I'm sat here with a light right in my face, but it's actually pretty decent. Yeah, um, I've been in Manchester, so it's been raining. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Standard. Yeah, I think I visited Manchester once and it rained the whole time I was there. <laughs> um, so, just briefly then, Suk, tell our listeners a little bit about you, um, your background and, and sort of why you're in this business that you're in now. So, I suppose, we'll start at the beginning, of course. Um, so, I've been in the fitness industry for about pushing 10 years, just under 10 years now, in fact. Um, I started as that guy who people just copied in the gym um so athletic background when i was younger then went into lifting weights i didn't know what i was doing but people thought i did uh so people came to me for help and i thought you know what i'm going to charge people for this started kind of coaching people around what i was doing at the time which was uh, a women's retail business <laughs> so i used to sell women's shoes online um so i was coaching people mobile and in the warehouse for my business that i had uh, was doing that up until about four or five years ago. Um, had enough of that business. Like I'd seen enough pairs of ladies' shoes to last me a lifetime. <laughs> that can't um, have taken very long. Like literally, no. like <laughs> they are doing that. Still see, I still get shudders when I see my wife put on some high heels. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had enough of that. I, I literally just burnt that business to the ground because I was just destroyed from the level of work how tired i was uh, and just walked away from it and ruined it basically um but it's a blessing in disguise because three three months later um opened my first gym so don't judge me but i opened a crossfit gym uh called crossfit warrington yeah um <laughs> actually went really well so what i the reason it went well is because i think i took non- I didn't listen to the fitness industry. I kind of learned what I knew from business and built a gym from that. Didn't buy into any of your hype or any of that stuff. Gym went really well. Within six months, we were full, basically. Doubled the size of the gym. Six months after that, we opened a second gym. Uh, started to realize that we had no idea about systems or operations manuals or automation. So it was a steep learning curve. Um, but we got there. Went really well for a while then. The guy that I opened the gyms with, my best friend Ian, sold his shares, and I probably should have sold as well then because the fun kind of went out of it because I wasn't doing it with my best friend anymore. Um, carried on for about a year and then decided, as much as I love coaching people, as much as I love the community and, and the atmosphere, I, I wasn't happy anymore. So 
I sold the gyms, went away for or got married and went away for a month. Um, and six months leading up to that, I'd kind of been starting this online thing, just playing with it, figuring it out. Um, and one of the reasons I decided to sell the gyms is because it was going so well. And I kind of noticed or realized that the potential for what was happening like online, if you like, as corny as that sounds. So that was middle of last year. So middle of last year, I decided to go all in online. I'd been doing it for about nine months, 12 months before that started. Um, and then, so June last year, went all in online, and that's what I've been doing ever since. Perfect. It sounds like coming from the background you came from has given you probably a step up ahead of a lot of people in this industry because I think a lot of people become a trainer or certainly online training as well. They kind of branch into it because they love training people and then they realize there's this limit to what they can do. Um, and then they realize that they know nothing about business, like literally fuck all. They're like, I can train people, I can make someone squat, but what do I do after that? Like when they go home or when, you know, before they get here and all this sort of stuff. And um, that's probably one of the biggest problems in the industry right now, right? Do you reckon is that trainers are good trainers, but they know nothing about business? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, a generalization. Problem. Yeah, it's a, it's a generalization, but it is a problem because it's so easy. It's so easy to become a business owner as a trainer. Like you're thrown into that as, as in that's the only option pretty much. Uh, yes, you can get employed positions, but the reality is if you want to kind of earn a decent living, then you have to be a business owner. Um, and there's no kind of like education for that. Um, I'm not afraid to hide the fact that I love business. One of the other issues I think is a lot of, I, I don't think maybe in our world, like in our circles, but outside of that, the, a lot of trainers see if you like business or if you like marketing or if you like sales, then you're greedy, if that makes sense. It's almost frowned upon or it's taboo to want to do well and want to earn a living, um, which doesn't help either. It I think it holds people back. Um, like they don't want to be seen to want to make money because they're supposed to just be there to help people. Um, but the reality is they can't help people if they're not looking after themselves because they won't be in the industry after 12 months. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of people struggle with the business and are afraid to admit that they want to do well and make money as well mm. i think it's a massive problem i think we talked about um i think we had john clark on before and he owns a gym and he's just recently moved into a bigger facility and he said one of the biggest taboos that he's had to come across from people is he was just like actually i did this to get better do this and make more money i was like why yeah, is that course. why is that frowned upon I, I want to make more money of course i do i mean i'm <laughs> i'm doing what i love and i can make a lot of money out of it so let's let's try and enhance as much as possible yeah yeah but yeah that's is this one of the one of the things that i've actually just taken the step from interesting you did say that through an employed status and dan took that step a while ago um so i wasn't in an employed status but recently as of pretty much this month i have moved to a consultancy basis and stayed in the same kind of place but i'm a, as a consultant now just just because of earning potential and then i'm, yeah. like, I'm looking at stuff out, outside and being able to go and do other stuff and not being scared but i think the biggest jump is yeah. is being scared to take that leap um would you say when when people come to you maybe for advice is 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 it just just a factor of being scared not knowing what they want to do what where how to start yeah i think fear is massive like 
because of there's the reality of our industry is that the people who are offering help have bad reputations for a good reason like there are a lot of people out there trying to take advantage of trainers um and that's just the reality of it so a lot of people come to me and are like is this dude just going to try and take advantage of me uh, or whatever and, and the positive reaction that i've had is like pretty much everybody who signs up to the course and i do like an intro post everybody that comments on that says i signed up to the course because suck is honest i know i can trust him blah 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 um but i think people are wary of reaching out for help because rightfully so whether we like it or not most edu not educators but people who are acting as educators in our industry are often shady bastards <laughs> shady as fuck we know all about that yeah. we know yeah. all about that <laughs> yeah unfortunately it's, yeah. It's, in, it's, it's interesting though isn't it because you, you, you have you know you take a big pool of people who are very good at on the most part very good at what they do yeah um, and then you have these almost like these vultures just circling over them just waiting to pick on them and it's kind of like a Give me your money and I'll show you how to make more money. And, and often I found that trainers are very, very um, fearful is the wrong word, but they're just very skeptical about spending their money. Yeah. Um, as, as a trainer myself, I know when I, when I moved and went fully, fully online, I was like, right, I know I'm going to have to spend more money now yeah. getting my name out there, getting stuff done whether that's in a group of people or on my own, I know I have to increase my expenditure to therefore in the future see an increase in my income. But when you're a trainer, you worry so much about your month to month. Am I going to lose this client this month? Is this, is this client going to buy a block of sessions that's going to tie me over for the next few months? That You're always looking what's sort of so, so close ahead of you. You never see to, you know, the long term. You never see the bigger picture. And these people somehow prey on that and they're like, Oh, you've got yeah, to look at the long term. Pay me four thousand now, and I can get you forty thousand in twelve months. It's like bullshit. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't don't fall for that kind of crap. And it's and I remember I've I've seen one of your posts, and it was it was uh, it was a great post. And and again, I think it might have been quite recently. One of the reasons that I I started following you a lot more was it was like these guys are making it very very easy for me because I'll just tell you the truth. Like these guys yeah. are selling you this dream that is a dream. It's never going to be reality. For maybe one in 10,000 people, it might be. Um, and you, I think your post just said, like, they make it easy for me because I'm just going to tell you the truth. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. You are going to have to work just like you're working now, but I can make it a tiny bit easier and get you a little bit more money. And it was kind of yeah. like, that resonated, that's what I took from it anyway. And that kind of resonated with me was like, I love what I do and I don't want to devalue my service, but I would love a little bit more money from it so that I have a bit more time to then think about the service I provide and provide an even better service. Um, and these guys just don't do that. They kind of, all they, all they say is, I can get you loads more ticket sales. I can get you loads more people coming to, coming to your ride, as it were. And you're yeah. like, don't really want that. That's not really what it's about. Yeah, and uh, what we have to accept as well with those guys is they are actually really good marketers. Like, they, they understand and can tap into the fears and uh, the pain points of desperate trainers better than anyone. So um, they, they know how to push our buttons um, and maybe not ours. So again, the type of circles that we're in, I think are, wake, sorry, that's my phone just dinging off. I don't know <laughs> if you guys can hear that. <laughs> Top um, the wind goes off, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, I think like in terms of our circles, maybe like LTB, MNU, Shredded by Science, that kind of crowd, 
are awake to the fact that that stuff is just a load of rubbish. But we're a tiny, tiny section of the fitness industry, like 5%. So they are preying on all the other people who haven't been, haven't had their eyes opened yet to the fact that that's all a load of rubbish. Um, <clears throat> and the other thing is that you can usually spot one a mile off because all they're doing is talking about money. So, and if you think about the, the most successful, like, educators if you like in our industry who are genuinely doing good you will not find them sharing screenshots of their clients income so you won't find shredded by science doing that you won't find ltb doing that uh, i've done it once and i instantly regretted it um, <laughs> i'll never do it again but it wasn't a, a 5k sale it was a client who had gone from zero to built up to 3k a month online so it, you know i've actually got I've, I've got that there in front of me right now and i was gonna ask you yeah yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I posted that and i was like this goes against everything that i'm about so i shouldn't have yeah, but at the same time though right there's a difference between taking someone from nothing to three thousand a month than taking someone from Two or three thousand a month to ten to twelve thousand a month, and and showing that off, I think that's very very different because one of them is a comfortable lifestyle, the other one is potentially just like you say, it, it's kind of like it, it's so it's so far removed from reality for some people. They would never fathom like how can you earn that much money a month from doing on, online coaching. Whereas that example that you posted is somewhat realistic. Whereas some of the things that I see, I'm like, there's no way that happened. Yeah, I don't and believe. The thing it. is like. I, I imagine a lot of it is lies that they post. Um, but I think the other side of it is some of them do, like, the things that they teach will allow someone to make a $2,000 sale. But, and don't get me wrong, it's a lot of money. But if you if you do it month one and then you're grinding and probably burning bridges, trying to guilt trip people into buying another $2,000 package, like going through your, your friends list, talk like, a lot of them get people to talk about like really emotional personal things to try and resonate with people or whatever um and what they get you to do is just hammer your friends list message everyone you're just going to burn a ton of bridges maybe make another two thousand dollar sale further down the line but i haven't seen any of them share a story of oh here's my client from six months ago look how great they're still doing 12 months later six months later 12 months later 18 months later Still not seen that from any of them. So, um, yes, some might make the odd high-ticket sale, but I'm still waiting to see someone who posts the result of a client who's doing it consistently and still has a business six months later. I just haven't seen it. That, that's, it's almost, uh, interestingly, if we, if we put a direct correlation back to maybe, because me and Dan are obviously more coaching-orientated than business-orientated, but it's, it's almost like the 12-week transformation coach as well. That I'm guaranteed. I will get you a great body in twelve weeks. I'll earn you two thousand dollars in twelve weeks. But I want to see you twelve weeks from that twelve weeks. I guarantee yeah, you're going to exactly. rebound and rebound and rebound. And it's it's the exact correlation that you're just burning everything that you've just yeah. learned or done. You haven't learned anything. You just made a quick buck and fucked off. Yeah, and and the damages <laughs> go beyond like yeah. money as well because. Um, so there are a couple of guys in my course now who have been burnt by uh, a particular six-figure coach uh, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's beyond like the money they've spent obviously there's the fear there confidence ego pride it all gets knocked like if someone takes advantage of you especially as a guy you're like whoa he's, he's you know he's had me off he's he's ripped me off i've been taken for a fool um and it 
it adds a bit of desperation. It makes you nervous about what you're doing, question everything, like lack of confidence in yourself in the industry. So not even that monetary cost that you've lost, it's the knock-on effect of that as well, which is what really annoys me. So skewing, <laughs> so let's let's go towards because we'll we'll probably rant near the end because we have got a nice little feature <laughs> um, of uh, stupid things. But if you're going, if you're, if you're taking, so do you you take on people for kind of business mentorship as well, right? Uh, so so Gosh. I have a course. Yeah, yeah. So I have a course. I have a, I have a course. I did do a bit of coaching last last year, um, but I just didn't want to kind of be put in the same bracket as the whole yeah. six coach thing um so i basically took what i knew put it into a course uh, it's more about operating a business um rather than based around sales so how to deliver your service um dealing with like all the tech side the software side writing uh, understanding well learning to understand your audience better so um like one of the one of the things that we don't do as business owners that most businesses do is research like we we like it's it's usually who do you want to work with um women 35 years old awesome go and do that we don't know anything about i don't know anything about uh, women who are 35 years old unless <laughs> i go and speak to them um so like basic stuff like that like go and talk to your audience and find out what they want um rather than here's how to sell 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 which is yeah, pretty much guaranteed to yeah. I think that's one of the one of the big things about the Facebook pages as well, or creating a community, um, maybe in the group stuff is being able to get people and then trying to enhance like-minded people to come in. Just asking them what they want to hear, what they want to do. So it's hopefully is that is that a, uh, a good route to hit down? Obviously, we've started doing that down. So hopefully, uh, we're doing the right thing. <laughs> so so is that a free Facebook group? It is a free Facebook group. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so free Facebook groups are awesome because it, it, it gives you guys a chance to position yourself as the expert. Um, the trick is keeping them engaged. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the trick is obviously like keeping it engaged and buzzing, and that's the kind of and being consistent posting in it. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the thing that a lot of people struggle with because they'll crush it for a few weeks um, and then tail off, maybe leave it for a week. And if you do that, it'll die very quickly. Um, Another thing that I think people struggle with in groups is they try to over-educate rather than just having fun and having conversations and asking questions and, and stuff like that. Because whether it's like a paid group or a free group, your job in there is to drag people from day one to stay with you until the end. Um, even if there's not an end, you're just dragging people from day to day to day to day to stay, in, to stay engaged and carry on getting results. And it's just as if they were paying clients, it's just an, a method for improving adherence. Um, which is much more difficult online, especially if you're just trying to like you can't just talk about like water is important because of this. This is what protein does because people aren't going to engage with that, um, and it'll kill the group quickly. I'm not saying don't educate, but you need to have fun and like have conversations, and that's how you're going to keep people in the group and taking part. Yeah, I think I think I I totally mirror that actually because I think we we err on the side of just more fun than education yeah. to be honest. Um but I'm we I think probably both me and you Dan, I know a load of the team box coaches are in some groups and it it, it does it does derive on heavily trying to be very very educational. 
Um, yeah. Again, it's free advice, and I don't know how much you're going to take from it, or maybe the chance you pick that up from a course because you paid, you're going to take it in. I, I kind of get I get switched off um, from my point of view. I realise that maybe what I do, I'm I, I'm going to blow my own trumpet. I'm quite good at what I do, so I don't need to look at educational stuff all the time. I'd rather see just just somebody having a, a dig at somebody or just like some some <laughs> funny shit so um in facebook groups but i, I, I don't think, know i think it's one of the it's one of those where like we do it with our um we've have, we have all of our clients in a facebook group yeah, um, yeah. and we have there's six of us coaches right so and our, and our clients are all very different in a roundabout way so we have some you know i, I kind of tend to go with a bit more of an older crowd and i do have a lot of females um males and, and and you know steven obviously coaches just prominently comp prep guys uh, and girls and then there's there's laura just coaches females so there's a, there's a there's a huge variety and it's quite sometimes difficult to create a group um and to get the group dynamics right um within that but one of the things we pride ourselves on is that everyone who's in it says how important and valuable that group is and yeah. and like you said we have one post a week where a coach goes on live on facebook and it's like right what do you want to chat about, basically? They chat through stuff. But then nearly every other post is related around having fun, personality. Like, people just want to know what you're doing. Like, they yeah. just care. They, they care. They want to know you care about them. Uh, and likewise, they'll then show you that level of, of, of loyalty and, and, and they give you that respect because they, they understand you're, you're a real person. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest things I've always tried to, to get across to my clients if they've come to me and said, right, I need help with... I want to go into online training. What would you recommend? And I always say the first step, um, we'll get onto this and I'll ask your opinion, so you might tell me I'm totally wrong. But <laughs> for a P, if I was a PT now, if I was PTing in London, I would ask all my clients if they wanted to go into a private Facebook group. And I would give them extra value in that group that they got outside of just coming to the gym. Yeah. If that client then decides, right, I'm getting extra value from this group. Dan's right here. He knows all this stuff. I feel like I want to go for an extra session a month. That's a little bit extra money for you. But likewise, you're creating value where no one else is probably doing it. Yeah. Um, so why would they go to another trainer? Because they don't get the nutrition help they get in a group you know, that you're giving them. And then when you do transition to do online work in a few months' time down the line, you've got a pool of people there who are probably go, ready to go, you know what, actually, yeah, Dan, if you do leave your personal training position, I'll carry on training with you because I know that I can do this because you've shown me for the last 12 months that you can, you can stick to this program online. And I don't actually need you in person, so it's great that I've got you online. Yeah, I think what like I, I don't know if you guys have heard the saying before, but it's it's very common in like um, amongst like facility owners. There's a lot of people will say people come for the results, but they'll stay for the community. Yeah. So if you're a PT, obviously it's hard to build that community because you're seeing a one person at a time or whatever, maybe a couple of people at a time. So if you can build that community within a Facebook group. People will come to you for the results and stay because of that community that you've built. Uh, and you can add little bits. So if people don't see each other, but they, they know each other from the Facebook group, you can do things like community get-togethers every now and again. I do that with my online clients. We'll get together maybe a couple of times a year, rent a gym for a morning. So there's quite a few gyms around me. Do something together in the morning in the gym that people want to learn about. And then in the afternoon, just go for a Nando's or a drink or whatever. Um so it's a, it's about building that community because people won't want to leave communities that they enjoy being part of. And that's one of the things that CrossFit brought in, right? I think that's, yeah, you, know, you touched on, you, you opened a CrossFit gym and I think that that that's the one thing that if if nothing else is, is made the fitness industry stand up and realize is people like 
to be involved in something that they think is is unique and is theirs and they're part of a community of like-minded people and they want to and now fitness is so sociable right it's just such a social thing to be doing um i know the gym that, that tom works at has gone massively into the into the classes and into that kind of thing because people want to be involved and they want to feel a part of something that is is bigger than just turning up for 60 minutes of sweat it's just like yeah um and that's one of the great things i think crossfit has done for this whole industry has made us realize that people actually want to exercise with other people sometimes yeah i think what they've done in terms of the community side of it is is the one thing that they absolutely nail um that's the reason we were successful when we opened the gyms it was 100 percent the community because Mm -hmm. it comes from the leader whoever that is gym owner or owner of that facebook group or leaders in that facebook group but then you'll get a, a few clients who are like a tear down who will take on that role as well manage the community with you um and you'll get that in your facebook groups as well like a lot of people get lucky with facebook group because they'll have one client who is just chatty engages encourages everybody else and if you get a few people like that then you'll win mm. so leading on from that um, we'll get into the bit more of the, the content that people might be able to use. So what is the one thing, um, the biggest mistake that you see, uh, again, most online trainers make, whether they're on their own, whether they're part of a, a group or whatever? What is the, the single biggest mistake you think they make? Probably overcomplicating things. Um, being an online trainer is so similar to being an offline trainer, and people don't realize that. Um, if you were in a gym, say a commercial gym, one of your main area of lead generation would be talking to people, starting conversations. No online trainers are doing that. They're too scared to, if somebody interacts with your post or whatever, just send out a message saying, hey, dude, thanks for interacting, or thanks for liking. Is there anything else I can help you with? You would not question doing that for one second in a gym but for some reason on facebook people aren't building relationships which they should be doing it's no different um and i suppose the other thing is trying to go down that route of high ticket and not realizing that there's this thing called market value like in business you can't just jump online and go cool two grand um because there are great trainers out there charging way less that have way more social proof than you do and that probably way better trainers um that are listening to like market value charging probably between 100 and 200 pound a month which is kind of the going rate um so so yeah just treating online training as something completely different to offline when it's not in terms of lead generation build relationships talk to people um same as you would offline and Mm -hmm. Not listening to market, not understanding that there is kind of a market value and a expected price for online trainers. Yeah. So when in a couple of your posts, when you said, uh, I believe, when somebody was just starting up online training, um, was something to like run run some free challenges or something like that, or, yeah, or just so, or taking on free clients essentially, basically just is a challenge. Yeah. So I, we mentioned this before we started yeah. uh, about eBooks. Um, if you're just starting online, one of the go-to first steps will be create an ebook and build an email list. Nobody is, we're kind of moving, I call it, we're moving out of the information age now because it's, you can go on Google and find 
every single piece of information you could ever want to do whatever you want, not even fitness. You could probably build a spaceship if you follow instructions <laughs> on Google. Like You can do anything. Go on YouTube, all the workouts you'll ever need are on YouTube. So people don't need more information. They're just like doing it for that dopamine rush. Yeah, I'll, I'll get this ebook. This will give me that fix. They get that dopamine rush. They probably never even open the email. Um, so rather than do that, if you run a free challenge or ask for a few guinea pigs to test your service, you'll get people giving you their email addresses or at least coming into your ecosystem or environment, if you like, who are ready to take action and actually listen to you. So you'll get a list of prospects or leads because people are more likely to sign up for a free challenge than they are for an ebook nowadays. Um, not only that, but they'll actually take action. So the purpose of an ebook back in the day was to build your authority, position you as an expert. People aren't reading ebooks, so what can you do? You can help them actually implement what you are teaching. So to do that, run a free challenge, say 14 days. Not only will people consume the information, but you can help them with it. So it's almost just like giving before you ask for anything back. You get people results before you ask for anything back. It's more powerful than an ebook because you're positioning yourself as that authority. You're showing people how much you know. You're showing people that you can get results before they've even worked with you. Um, and people are more likely to actually do it than read an ebook. So it's just way more powerful than an ebook. And and people like the, the common sequence is download an ebook, then a few emails, and then expect someone to buy something from you. Um, that's just not happening anymore. But mm. if you do a 14-day challenge and you get someone amazing results and then say, um, guys, you did absolutely amazing. Um, here's how you can get results long-term. It will be difficult, but it is doable. However, if you want to make it easier and make success more likely, here's how you can carry on with me. And you're not saying it as a stranger at the end of an ebook anymore. You're saying it as their coach. So even if they don't take you up on it there and then, they're never going to go to somebody else because you're their guy now. So even as a long-term plan, a free challenge or like take on guinea pigs is more powerful in terms of lead generation and warming people up. But also, if you're new to, to online training, it's a genuine chance for you to refine your service because if you have no idea how to deliver it, you're not going to learn that just by consuming information. You have to go out and do it. So... You know, find five people that you you might know who have worked with you in the past or ha didn't sign up to PT but were keen but just couldn't afford it and just say, hey, I want to test this. Will you test it for me? And then you can test your online services as well. So it works for your client, works for you to test, and it's a great way to build your business quickly as well. That's, that is, I mean, I mean, I was uh, tuned into your webinar on Sunday where you kind of went over um, how to get a head start in that kind of in this kind of field. And it was it was brilliant. I think if anyone, if you do another one again, I'd highly recommend anyone to to watch it. It was it was brilliant. And and you covered that that thing, and it really made me realise that if I was if I was starting today or I started a year ago, I think that's still great advice, and I would implement it now. And I'd probably do it again, even if I'd been going for for six months, say, and I thought I had this authority thing, and I thought I was alright. I probably would think about running it again. And the reason is because when I first started, I was charging thirty quid a month for nutrition coaching so for me that was kind of like 
you could run an email list. You could then say to people, look, it's only 30 quid a month. And it was like, it's worth a gamble, 30 quid a month. Because it was a very new thing when I first joined. But I'm seeing trainers now go into online coaching, charging what I'm charging now. And they're just brand new into it. And I'm sat there going, you've got to be given a hell of a lot of value because I know what I'm giving for what I yeah. charge. And I know that I've got, like you say, hundreds of, of transformations behind me, years of making mistakes behind me to, to warrant charging that because I'm not going to make those mistakes again. And it's almost as if sometimes people go, oh, but that's what they're charging. Um, you know, they're, they're good. And I'm, I'm as good as them probably. Like I'm a good trainer. And it's like, this isn't about being a good trainer. This is about understanding that you fucked up. And, and what happens when someone says, actually, I didn't, didn't get any results from that. I want my money back. What do you do then? Because you're now charging 150 quid a month. Yeah. You, you better deliver. And if you can't deliver, you need to know why you can't deliver. And actually, by giving it for free, you're protecting yourself somewhat initially when you start of going, okay, well, what happens if they don't have Dropbox? What yeah. happens if they <clears throat> don't use a computer? What happens if they don't like doing a certain thing? And all of a sudden, you're asking yourself these questions. But because you're, you're not charging them any money you're almost running through that system and, and, and ironing out all the issues. Um, yeah. People are so afraid to give it away, aren't they, for free? They're like, oh, but I'm worth it. And it's like, well, you, yeah. you don't get it nowadays. People need, you, they need to trust you. They need to know that you're on their side. And like one of my pet peeves is people who say, um, like, don't do things for free because you'll just attract tire kickers. Well, you're going to do that with ebooks. Like everybody who you send an ebook to will be a tire kicker because they won't even read it. So by doing a free challenge or testing your services for free first, um, you're, you'll definitely get something from it, like I said, because you'll refine your service and you've got a higher likelihood of being successful with somebody than you would by <clears throat> giving something like really low value, like an ebook. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's. Like I said, people are moving. Like the internet marketing world are kind of ahead of us, obviously, because they're marketers. They know what they're doing, and they are moving into this age now where they are giving away not only information for free, but they are away almost coaching for free to help you do it. Or even sell information like ebooks, then you're going to be left behind eventually because people can come to someone like me who has years of experience for free. And so, why would they just download an ebook if they can work with me for free for 14 days uh, and help and have me help them implement? So, we need to kind of swallow our pride a little bit as trainers and realize yes, what we do is valuable, but like the market doesn't care. Like that's a Gary V saying, like a Gary Vaynerchuk saying, mm. the market doesn't give a shit that what we do is valuable. We just have to, we have to do what's best for us and our business and swallow our pride, basically. And it's it's also how you how you showcase that value, right? Is that you can't yeah. showcase the value unless you've got not you've not got anybody willing to listen. Um, and and that's that's I guess what you're getting at is that by letting them in for two weeks and showing them how much you can get for what you're charging they're willing to go, actually, yeah, I am prepared to part with this amount of money. I can see that it's worth that amount of value. Like we do it all the time with loads of other things that we buy in everyday life. Um, like I know it's a, it's a totally different market, a totally different um, strategy and business model probably. But before I paid for Spotify, I got it for free. 
Yeah. Like I saw the value in in what it was, and I was like, you know what? Actually, I'd rather not have the adverts, and I'd rather have the ability to download stuff that I can use offline. I'll pay ten pound a month for that easily. But I would never have just gone in and bought Spotify for ten pounds. I don't really listen to music, but yeah. because I had it for free, I actually went. You know what? For the one hour that I use it in my car a week, it's still worth ten quid. But interesting, yes. interesting then, because you you say you don't listen to music. What what is that one hour filled up? <laughs> well, no, but I mean, as in, like, as in, as in, like, I'm not someone like you, right, Tom, who listens to music every single hour of every day. Like when they're not, like, I'd rather watch TV than listen to music. You might rather listen to music. But my point is that for someone who isn't even interested that much in it, I'm still prepared to pay that price. You mean you're not just listening to reruns of the podcast every single time you're in the car? <laughs> no, no. All right. Well. I hate you. Not, I hate you. Not, uh, but again, it, it comes back to the whole thing about, like you said, about tire kickers, right? And it's like actually, you might just catch someone who maybe thought they weren't going to be bothered by it, but yeah. you show them what they can do and what they can achieve, and they're like, "Shit, actually, this is worth twenty quid a week or whatever it might be." Um, and I think when when we mentioned earlier that like people who are educating trainers have a bad reputation trainers have a bad reputation so i it's almost like offensive to call general public tire kickers they've probably just heard enough horror stories of other trainers that they need to us to show them what we can do first they're not tire kickers they don't they just don't trust the industry and again can you blame them with what right yeah you speak uh, <laughs> yeah juice plus uh, body wraps magic pills i mean i don't blame them for wanting us to prove what we can do first um and again, it's it's just being realistic. Like that's the situation. This is the situation. This is what the general public thinks of us. How can we counteract that? Let's help them for free first and show them that we're not just people trying to scam them, selling pixie dust or whatever the hell we like, they tried last time. I guess I I just have to cover a slight topic because I'm guessing a lot of people who follow us, we've actually gone through a kind of free uh, a f- giving away freebies rant before. But this is off the <laughs> off the back of um, basically we had uh, Tony Gentlecore on and people yeah. who he's quite very very established coach online doesn't do online coaching anymore but obviously world renowned in what he does <clears throat> but people wanting a freebie session from him like freebie one on one personal training but I guess we're we're we're, we're saying that it, it when one it's a decision that you make when you're first starting online coaching not, yeah not not maybe if you're in the level of maybe where Dan's sitting where he's hit, he's hit it for seven eight years he's got this credibility or whatever so. yeah it it, it mm. depends entirely yep. on your current situation and sure. where you want to get to so say if you get to if you're just starting I'd encourage it so you can get to a place where you're like first content once you get there you can be like you know what, the one-to-one clients that I have are bringing me in X amount of money. If I just generate some referrals, word of mouth, then I don't have to deal with that free stuff anymore and I can enjoy my life, I'm comfortable where I am, then don't yep. do it. It's entirely up to you, yeah. I think it's, it's also that it's also the aspect of, there's, there's two things there that are slightly different to what we talked about, is that for me, one, one personal training session, that my question would be, what are you hoping to get out of this? Like, what am I going to give you in an hour that's going to change your mind of me? Nothing. Whereas 14 days of work, where you might interact with them once a day, whether it's for a minute, 30 seconds, you're just reinforcing your authority position each day for 14 days. You can build a relationship, a bit of a rapport with them. Um, even after that, they're probably still going to follow your work, even if they go away. Whereas one, one session in the gym for free, you might never hear from them again, but you might never know why. 
they didn't sign up or whatever. And they and they just again, what you get out of that hour, nothing. There's nothing that that's going to change their mind other than you because what you're going to do, go through a small assessment with them. You can't really do any work because you don't want to injure them because that's the quality of training you are. But then they think you've wasted their time because they're not sweating and you're actually showing them, well, actually, I'm a good trainer, so I've not beast you and they want it to be beasted. And then, you know, there's a whole kind of worm there. So <laughs> that's one thing. But the second thing is, I think even if you're fairly established, but you're running a new product or a new service, why wouldn't you say, actually, yeah, you know what, guys, I need 20 people just to check this all works, just to fine tune things, go over the, the, the systems and how I'm going to work it. And if it all goes well, brilliant. I've got 20 testimonials. I know this system works. Next time I run it, I'm going to charge for it. And I know I can because I know what it's worth. I'm going to ask these guys who've done it, what is it worth? And even if you've been in the industry a while, that's a good I, – I just think it's a, probably a decent habit to get into so that you don't yeah. – you don't you launch a product or a service that isn't up to your standard that you're willing to charge for. And it, The thing is it doesn't always have to be free. So I've, I launched – so I mainly work with women as well. Um, but I get a lot of guys just come to me anyway um so i knew that a demand was there so even though most of my content speaks to women um like my sales pages etc and all that my emails all speaks to women primarily but guys still came to me and said you know they wanted to work with me so i knew that demand was there but i wanted to test first i wanted to put on like a group program to test rather than doing free i just told people that i would i would do it at half normal rate of my one-to-one coaching so you will get to a point where you don't have to do it for free you can just charge half and the thing is it's still probably a great additional income so i just asked for for 10 guys at 145 pounds and i put one post out on a friday afternoon sold those 10 places and then and it's a great boost of income for for anybody really Um, and i get to test this new service um so it doesn't always have to be free, but again, if, if you're just starting out, don't like look down on free. Uh, mm-hmm. As you move on, it might just be like discounted or cheaper whilst you test whatever it is. Awesome. All right. Um, solid <laughs> advice. Yeah, <laughs> pretty pretty much, yeah so, solid advice. Pretty much. Would you, um, so it's an interesting question. I'm just thinking about, we, we, talked, we talked business with Tony G and then he was talking about building a brand. Do you yeah. think that's... To, to me, it feels like uh, a slight misleading thing to start to try and build is I've got to build a brand to sell myself or build, should you be your brand? Should your business be your brand or can you do kind of both kind of thing? Uh, I, I don't think there's any right or wrong answer, to be yeah. honest, and I'd proper sit on the fence, um, <laughs> trying not to annoy Tony G. But, um, I don't think that's something that you should be concentrating on when you start. Yeah. Unless you've got the budget for it, don't get me wrong. If you're diving into online coaching, you've got a massive budget, then do fucking everything. But if if your primary goal is, shit, I need to get money through the door now so I can actually keep doing this before I have to go and get a job that I really don't want to get, forget branding, forget getting a logo, forget speaking to an advisor or paying for a consultant for that kind of stuff, and just get people through the door. I had this conversation very recently with somebody else who wanted to sign up for my course. I haven't even got a logo. And they were like, what about branding? And I was like, dude, look at, go and look at my website. And they went and looked at my website, and they were like, you've not even got a logo. I was like, that's my point. I've not even got a logo, and you're buying a product from me. Nobody, People want to work with you because of the results that you can get them, not because of your logo. Um, however, in terms of branding, what we need to remember is, as an online trainer, you are probably your brand for a long time, especially when you start. 
So it's more your brand is more your message, your voice, um, what you talk about, how you like your values and, and things like that. That's what people are going to align with if you're putting yourself out there. Um, in my own fitness business at the minute, I'm mo- I'm transitioning now this year, and it's kind of my big thing this year to taking myself, my face and my name out of the business. But that's like after ten years in the industry, I've just decided that you know what, I don't want to be the face of something anymore. Um, it's probably not something to. It's the type of thing that a new trainer will spend six months wasting time on, um, and then realize that shit, it's too late. I need to go and get a job. So it's just not something to think about until get again get to somewhere where you're like, do you know what? I'm pretty cushy right now. Let's think about pimping this out a little bit uh, and thinking about branding and things like that. I think that answers that question. Yeah. So do it <laughs> if you've got the cash. <laughs> fucking hell, do it. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> so in terms of obviously in terms of um, in terms of branding and that, I think um, obviously we at Teambox have a have a brand now, but like like you say, it's it's only after however many years now that it's become that. Um, and it, you know, years ago it was, it was always just a case of, you know, your name and that's what people bought. And, you know, we had to use, you have to, you still have to use social media like more yeah, than I, course. more than I care about, but you see, you have to, it's the way the modern world is. Um, I want to get your view on, on social media as a whole, but more so what is it do you think people should be focusing on? So you're talking about, obviously talking about personality we're talking about people you know people are going to buy you for who you are and the results you can get them what is the best way if you're just starting out of getting that information across to people and what platforms do you use to to give out certain content would you recommend if you were just starting i'd say the first port of call is any and you were focused on speed and getting you know starting your business quickly probably your personal facebook profile uh, is going to be the simplest way because there's an audience already there. So if you just spent 30 days talking about health and fitness and then did a post saying, I want to test my service, you'll probably get 10 people who go, I'll help, I'll help. Um, so in terms of speed, Facebook personal profile. The downside of that is it's not really scalable. And if you do that over and over again, you're going to piss your mates off. Um, so for the first, say, Month one, month three, you could probably launch a free challenge and get to a and upsell a few people into one-to-one coaching from that, and then maybe get some referrals and get organic. So three months to build an online business using your Facebook profile is pretty good going, or to at least build a foundation. Um, Instagram again, in terms of organic, Instagram for our industry is a must um, because it's just perfectly suited food fitness is just perfect for instagram and the great thing about instagram is people are happy to follow businesses so on facebook people are getting annoyed of businesses and ads and all that stuff on instagram people go out of their way to follow companies and see what they're doing um we're used to seeing them in our newsfeed. we expect to see them so instagram is a great one for our industry and for a business owner Uh, And then when you're ready to scale, obviously having a Facebook page there that you're just occasionally posting on and then using to scale with Facebook ads is probably the next step. So, and amongst all that, if you can start using video more and more and get comfortable with that, um, you're going to (laughs) win. Start using video. Yeah, video is the one that like, no, I, 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 at the start of this year, I said to myself, 
I'm comfortable on the camera, so I was like, why am I not doing this more? Like, yeah. Facebook loves video, it's putting it everywhere. Um, and I, I said to one of our coaches, Chris, I was like, Chris, look, I'm going to start using video more. Like, I want you to be on my ass a bit more and be like, right, if you don't post, you're going to text me and be like, what the hell are you doing? Get on it. And he uh, got through the whole of January, he sent me about four or five texts. I was like, what are you doing? Nothing's out, blah, blah, blah. And then in the end, I, I just was like, look, I'm real busy. I need to concentrate on other things, whatever. And it's only got to the point where really the last two weeks I've gone, right, every day I'm going to just record a short video, um, stick the captions on it, really easy to do. Uh, and I'm like, right, I'm just going to do it for two weeks, three weeks. I'm just going to see what happens on the engagement because I'm the kind of person that I want to know that what I'm doing is working. And I'm like, right, if I do these videos, I want to look at the stats. I'll look at what's happening with the views, with the engagement. And already I've only done three. And compared to a photo post or, or any other posts, you just get more reach. You get more people engaging with it. You get more comments. Um, and the shorter videos seem to do well because the people aren't, People don't have the time to sit and watch longer than a minute anyway. Yeah. So but, is this on your Facebook page? Yeah, just on my page. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the so the things that you mentioned are great, but the the best thing about video as well on your Facebook page is that you re, you can retarget based on who's watching your videos, and more people are watching videos than are engaging with posts. So so I, I send out I I have like an ongoing ad all the time pretty much on my fitness business i say that i've not even got i've not got one right now but usually i've always got an ad a video ad running on my fitness business really cheap you can run them for like video views ads or boost or engagement posts for like a pound a day if you want to so like one pound to five pound a day nothing more than that just always ongoing so just if you have one great video a week boost that for a week and then the next video and what you're doing is you're just building a warm audience. So you send that video out to a broad audience and then you retarget everybody that's watched, say, 50%. So you can retarget based on how much of the video people have watched. Um, and it's just a great way to build a warm audience quickly because video views are so cheap. They're like 1p. I don't know if you've like boosted it or run a Facebook video ad, but views are like a penny. So it's a great way to build a, an engaged audience quickly. Yeah, it seems to be, like you say, it, it might reach. So at the moment, if I get just on an organic post on a video, um, I've got, what, 3,000 3, likes or something. And it'll pretty much reach 3,500 people usually. Um, and and you get, like you say, you get, of the views, you might get 1,000 views. So I know one in three people that reaches are prob probably – uh, yeah, not not definitely. Probably watching it. Whereas you know, you look at the post clicks you might get on a, on a photo or on a on a bit of content that's taking you maybe twenty thirty minutes to write and spell check and do the grammar on, and you're like, actually, you then look at the amount of people that are clicking on it on it and reading more of the post, and you're like, right, okay, so that means it's reaching two thousand, reaching less people. But not only that, it's only getting two hundred people click on it. So like yeah. you said, it's about. I know that more people are watching it, and I know that they might not like it, they might not comment on it, but they're they're what like you said, I, I can see how much of the video they're watching. Yeah. Um, and it's been really interesting so far to see. Um, and I'm the same. Like I think about, I think sometimes as well, we're guilty of trying to come up with this fabulous content that's amazing and that's going to be awe inspiring. It's going to break the internet, but we then need to think about how we engage with Facebook. So like I was doing it the other day, I was on my own, I was watching TV, I had my phone on. And I, it, it was a it was a time that I realised I needed to start doing captions on videos. I'd, I'd seen a video of you you talked about it or a post you talked about it. You were like, why would you not? And I literally was watched two videos on my phone without opening them, and I read the subtitles on the videos. Yeah, in silence. And and I, but I was in but I was I could have clicked on it, 
but I just yeah. didn't. I just read the subtitles. And it's just, it was that, that moment for me that I was just like, right, why am I not doing this? Like, because I do it. Yeah. So everyone else probably is pretty similar in that they, they're on a train, they're in a car, whatever they are. But I was in my front room watching TV. I could have just paused my TV and clicked play. And I was interested in the con- genuinely interested in the content. I just couldn't be bothered. Yeah. Because I could <laughs> yes. read it. So why would I? Because I can read it. The stats are something like only 20% of people listen to Facebook videos with the sound on. Like yeah. 80% are, are watching your video, but in silence. So if your video is like a uh, a talking head, and it's like you, you need people to listen to what you're saying for the content of the video, if you don't have captions, it's pointless. It's, it's Genuinely, there is no yeah. point in even doing li- video. Exactly, literally. Because yeah, I had exactly the same stats, 80% sound off, people watch it. And and it's amazing. I then look back over the stats of videos I've done before, similar videos with no captions, you compare the stats and it's just ridiculous. You're just like, yeah. well, no wonder people are, wat- are, are, are watching more of the videos because they're now they're now just reading the, the captions. Um, so that's something that, and again, I actually find I enjoy doing it more. I enjoy doing a one minute video. I don't I usually, I'm not saying I'm, I'm amazing, but usually you don't have to do two takes. It usually just comes out first time. I'm like, right, that, that's good enough. Like it's yeah. interesting. And then the other thing that I found really interesting with the captions is that with the software that I use is I don't even have to make the captions the same as what I'm saying. So I can say something like, I think I talked about fat oxidation, right, and on, 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 the, on the video. But then I just put on the text, like, fat burning. Like, why am I going to use that word? Because, again, people are genuinely interested, might click on it and watch it, and they'll know what it means. But it, I found it really interesting that you can actually now caption it slightly differently. So you know your audience that might read the subtitles yeah. might want to hear those words like oxidation and things like that. So you can actually be a bit clever because then when you click on the video, the captions go and they just listen to the audio. So they'll never know between the two unless they spend a lot of time watching them. But um, I've, I've started really getting into it, um, that side of things. And it's really gripped me and it's, you know, I kind of find it quite fascinating. Like you said before, that you're genuinely interested in business. I'm now finding myself genuinely interested in, well, are people engaging with what I'm saying? Like, do people actually care? Because we spend so much time putting out content. I'm now in a position where I'm like, right, if I'm putting out these posts, I actually want to know people are bothered and that they care and that they're watching yeah. they're engaging or whatever it is and and i think that once you get into that place with with it you actually really start enjoying that side of things a bit more because now i'm getting into right boosting and, and advertising and, and and sponsoring ads and that's when it starts getting a bit more interesting because it's that's business right really yeah exactly i mean a lot of people think like that side of it is like the magic pill or unless you do it well and you use it just to scale like because obviously you've done very well up to this point and you haven't used them yet a lot of people get it wrong is because they try and start with the face yeah. the magic facebook ad um but yeah like the reality is if if you want to build a business in the modern age you either have to take an interest in that stuff or fork out for somebody who's going to do it for you um and even if you're going to pay somebody else to run their ads for you you probably need to build up a level of competence first because to know whether they're doing it right or not. <laughs> so the reality is if you want to build a business in today's day and age, especially as an online trainer, you're going to have to start taking an, an interest in that. Um, once you're ready to scale, um, again, another pet peeve, your, a Facebook ad is not your business. So a lot of people seem to think marketing or just your business in general is based on a Facebook ad and getting this magic Facebook ad. So when you're ready to scale, it's definitely something that you're going to have to learn about. 
So if you're if uh, obviously a lot of this like the last like five minutes ten minutes have been talking about Facebook ads and Facebook through. So I think we've chatted before about what we personally do on Instagram as posts and how yeah. it differs. Um, how would you say that you should? Should you target a different audience? Should you target? Should you put, portray yourself differently? Should you do the same stuff as on Facebook as Instagram? I think it's a similar a similar kind of thing uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, the only difference would be the the video content might be a bit longer than a minute, but obviously it is on uh, on Instagram. Uh, live video obviously is is using live video on Facebook pages and then running that as an ad works really well as well um just because facebook love live video at the minute um but yeah in terms of the actual content if that's what you mean yeah it's going to be pretty similar um most of the time i post the same content on my instagram and my facebook page except for longer videos which i'll only post on the page Uh, in terms of who you should target again like i said earlier like general stuff for engagement like your videos or say a post is doing really well organically, I'll send that out to a pretty broad audience um, for like a really low-cost ongoing ad. Um, The thing that I do that a lot of people don't do is then I will only send sales ads or ads that take people to application forms or to sign up to my free challenge or whatever. I'll only send people to those stuff if they've already engaged with something first. So I don't send... I don't send a cold or like somebody who's never come into contact me with me before will never see an ad for my programs. Um, they will only see the engagement ads and the, the videos and stuff like that. And then if they engage with that stuff, if they watch the videos, that's when they'll start seeing the ads to actually work with me. Um, but yeah, content's the same. And that's how I kind of set up a basic a campaign in basic kind of speak. Yeah, I guess because we erred on the side of... I guess it was just uh, having... In my mind, it was like having a different... Not different thing, but kind of a crossover from Instagram was I felt more... Because we're not running it as a business, we're both... I'm Dan, like Tom Pushable Legs or Dan Team Box. So you said it more as a personality on yeah. Instagram compared to the Facebook page, which felt more like a business. But then again, the Instagram, I guess, looking at it, the Instagram page is a lot more like our personal Facebook page if that was... Because like you said, starting your first business from your personal Facebook would be the same as your personal Instagram. And then yeah, build yeah. a bit. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Trying to get my head around that. I was like, yeah, that is exactly what we've done. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is a bit of a... I, I always just, I've always just assumed Instagram, I'm like, people aren't going to read anything. They're just going to want to see nice pictures of stuff. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I'll be honest, Instagram is one that I've, I've kind of... I've used a lot more in the last six months and started to get my head around now they got the stories on there i was like right i can get around the whole thing i didn't really want to use snapchat couldn't bother with it but now instagram enables me to do that i think it, it makes it a lot easier um to get a bit more of again your personality across but i think on instagram I, i'll certainly try just look back at what you said there just try and cross post between the two and think okay well let's just try it for two weeks and see what happens yeah. um with 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 that but I, I've always just assumed people wouldn't want to read anything on Instagram or they wouldn't be bothered about the the written text. They just want to see the pictures. Yeah, it's, it's a primarily a, a, like a photo site, but people are reading the captions. Um, it's a nightmare to format like the wording because yeah, yeah. the paragraphs are all messed up, but um, people do read the stuff on there. Uh, I had one of my students 
post like the first thing I ever got him to do before I even worked with him was post on Instagram because he had a big following there. Um, so he did that like free post uh, to try and get some new clients in. Um, and this, he had 15,000 followers. He posted a post seeing if anybody would help him test his service uh, on Instagram. He got 20 replies saying, I'm in, in the first 10 minutes. And then it went crazy and he had to turn it off. So people are, not, not yeah. only are people following, but if you, like engagement is crazy high on Instagram. I don't know if you guys notice, like if you put something on, like I've changed my personal Instagram over to my fitness business one now. So it's Project Lean. Uh, it's all based around my fitness stuff instead. And the level of engagement that I'm going to get on that compared to my Facebook page is just night and day. You post a, a picture on your Facebook page, you'll get four likes. You post it on Instagram and I'm getting a hundred. Mm. So it's just people are way more engaged on Instagram um, and are reading that stuff. So it's definitely worth, and I think it's only going to get bigger and bigger. Like what people think is that they're late to the party with Instagram and they're not. It's just getting started still. Um, and if, even if when you think about people like huge personalities in the fitness space, you don't think about their fit Facebook page. You think about their Instagram page. So if you want to go and check out, and I'm not even talking about great trainers. Like you want to go and check out Michelle Lewin. You're not going to go and look for her on Facebook. You're going to go and check out her Instagram. Um, I can't even think off the top of my head of any fitness models now. <laughs> I guarantee they've got a lot more engagement and views on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and that's not like by chance and by luck. It's because that's the, it's the place to be. Like I've only got onto this very recently because we had an expert in talk to us about it. And he was like, he basically called me an idiot for not concentrating on it because i was just literally genuinely messing up it was pictures of my dog my instagram was just all pictures <laughs> of my dog, um which is pretty much all facebook and is as well but um i'm noticing the power of instagram if you use it well already so mm. definitely worth paying attention yeah. and people people are a lot nicer on instagram as well there's far far less amount of trolls, trolls. on uh, <laughs> on instagram than there is on facebook it's only, it's only a matter of time though right yeah, they're, they're it's only a matter of time they'll just they'll just cross, they'll just cross over um right anyway so that's uh, that's enough heavy stuff i think um it, it gets it gets too heavy doesn't it but there's there's so much there for people to take away um Tom, do you want to take the uh, the funny questions for a bit? Do you want to ask a couple of questions of Suk? Some funny questions. Yeah, well, I'll I'll get you started. What's your, <laughs> what is your favorite, what is your favorite burger topping? You can have anything on a burger. What would you go for? Topping? Or are you talking meats? Anything? Just all right. Favorite burger. Favorite Great burger. Uh, five guys beef. Pulled pork. Yes. Yeah. There we go. All right. All right. This this proves yeah. like okay. We have a we have a, a, a an avid follower of Brizzle Hadley. Go check out his Instagram as well. I think we've given him a fucking. Yeah. I know, uh, I know there we go, yeah. Brett. Thank Brett. you. Yeah. So he he. I posted a picture of best. It was just an example of best burger and uh, shake combo. And my example, I happened to have. I was having a Five Guys. And that was I was just like I just wrote example. That doesn't mean it was my best one, but it's pretty up there. And he was like, "Oh, this is piss. You're absolutely disgusting." And also, Rakesh was doing. Rakesh chimed in and was like, "Oh, that's fucking vile. What are you doing?" It's like you've got so many better options to go. And yeah. then I had this conversation this morning with my client who knows 
actually we talk about burgers quite a lot um great piece <laughs> um but here we we said honest burger totally overrated again this is in london i was yeah. just like yeah it's massively overrated five guys is far better but yes thank you thank you so good five yeah, guys five. Uh, <laughs> yeah i'm saying, like i just don't get why people hate on it like yeah i just don't get it so I think pe- people like try and be too hipster and too yes. cool it's like oh yeah. five guys isn't cool enough but that, that is oh, that, that is pretty much brett to a T, um, trying to be too yeah, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> with his with his with his shaved head as well. He's just he's just like you know, no one likes a bald person. <laughs> um, and what about best milkshake with that? Uh, do you know what? I love an Oreo milkshake. Yeah, it's a classic. An Oreo's yeah. classic. Yeah, yeah. I will yeah. take that. Oh, on the side of peanut butter, but yeah, you know Oreo. I, I'm all for the sicklier, the better. Like the, the more the more chocolate, more cookies. Yeah. I love that. A thousand best, calories. The best one we've had was um, I went with Steve to GBK and he'd do the uh, half chocolate, half peanut butter. So you ask for, we ask for one of each and then a spare cup and then you go half and half. That's pretty <laughs> decent. If you have a good GBK, try that. I've got uh, a confession to make. I don't like peanut butter. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> I must be the only per- person in the fitness industry who doesn't like peanut butter. No, yeah. I don't get it. I don't get Nutella either. I'd like people rave about Nutella. Nutella's great as well. All right. Like cinnamon spread? Or what kind of spreads are we talking about? Because me and Dan have had a whole conversation probably on the podcast about this. I don't but... think I've had a spread since I like I had like salmon paste butties when I was like six. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that's your standard of spread. No wonder you don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my fitness path. Basically, just filled with that. Um, right. to yep. pate. Okay. <laughs> not doing yourself <laughs> any favors. <laughs> yeah. We also we also don't have to ask Suk the uh, what you have on his chips question because we know he's going to choose gravy, so we don't have to ask that one. Being from Manchester, usually gravy, but you know, I like I'm loving Mexican food at the minute, so we can throw like some spicy stuff, some pulled pork again on there, some chicken, some nacho cheese. I'm all over that as well. Yeah, yeah, chili cheese fries. (laughs) Something that we we seem to be gathering steam on. I'm quite persistent on because do you eat do you eat normal cereal? Yeah, cereal. There we go. Cool. So, <laughs> favorite cereal, Crunchy Nut, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. It is the best cereal. I've got, I've got, I've got a new one for you there. <laughs> right. The other day, I had half Crunchy Nut cornflakes and half Crunchy Nut peanut butter clusters. You won't like it, so <laughs> yeah. But now that, now that was incredible. That really was amazing. So if you, do, I, know, I know that, I know that Brett Hadley is listening. I know he's going to try that now. Because the other one he tried, I recommended, was the apple and raisin Weetabix. They're incredible as well. Bit of cinnamon in them as well. They're uh, good. Do you know what? Again, don't <laughs> great fitness trainer here. I'm not kind of fruit. Honestly, I'll have like an app. Like I feel like fruit ruins food, like, especially when people have it as a dessert. Okay, well, we're, we're, the next question was going to be, would you have pineapple on a pizza? But I guess we know. Not pizza. Let's ruin this pizza. Put some fruit on it. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah, you see, one of my clients is actually like grinning with absolute enjoyment from that phrase, mate. Absolute crap. Yeah, no. yeah we, we love a bit of pineapple on pizza, but he, mm. yeah, there's been there's been a lot of um, expression of um, negativity in our Facebook group because we like pineapple on pizza. But, <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, so shall we do stupid things on the internet, Tom? Ooh, that sounds like bollocks. Probably because it is. Stupid things on the internet this week. Yeah, stupid things on the internet. So it comes direct from uh, Sook's kind of 
a kind of warrior in this place, and we we got about fifty odd um, on our like fifty odd comments on our uh, Facebook group about it. Mister Tom Manns, who's also been a guest on our podcast before, posted about the six figure fit pros, right? So. Do we do we just want to wind suck up and let him go, or is this just going to be? Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, so I could go for probably a while about uh, yeah. it. But, um, yeah, I I saw this. I've seen the same post constantly going through my Facebook feed constantly, like, um, and it's the same guy, and I've heard of him before, um, and I I can't remember the last time I saw the advert. It was something stupid, like six k. Six thousand pound, and then in ninety days you're making six figures or something. Should we? Should we? Should we? Should we give a? Because Tom had a conversation with him, didn't he? I believe he did. Yeah. yeah so he was just like, you um, recommend it was about the business and marketing side of your PT business. So he had a phone call with the guy. Had a long, nice chat. He said he'd improve his business, increase his leads, clients, get my clients paying more, training more often than usual. Spill. Um, and then after an hour, an hour of the phone call. That's a fucking long time, like for a consult as well. I think. Like, I'd be. Mate, mate, if, mate, if you're gonna try and get ten grand out of someone, I'd give him an hour. Of my time. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. But um, he's like. Least expect. <laughs> we talked about prices. It's like ten k, ten k to sign on to a course. Um, but he did a deal for Tom. Did a deal with that right there, right there, and then because <laughs> that he uh, he'd only make five k now, and then in thirty days he let him pay the extra five k. So um, if you just... scroll down on that post, by the way, there was somebody else who had a running with the same guy who tried and he tried to charge him thirty six k. Thirty six k. Yeah. <laughs> how is that even like legit? Like, how does someone sit at their computer and go, I'll "Tell you what, I'm worth." I'm worth 36k for the for this for this literally this what is it going to be? It's probably going to be a um, a booklet, right, of some yeah. spiel you're going to give them over the phone, like pushy sales stuff, like exactly the same thing he's doing to the person on the end of the phone. Um, so and, what, and the thing is, the thing is, what what return on investment would you would you expect? Like if you if you gave someone 36,000 pounds, you, you'd expect like like. <laughs> Half a million pounds back in the term. What do you expect? At least like, yeah. somebody's not going to do that in a, in a fucking twelve week so program. What, what's or... what's your what's your dealings with with this individual? Like, not you obviously maybe not dealt with him, but what's what have you heard from people? Because I guess people must come to you right and go, "Oh, look, I've had a bad experience before in the past," and you're there going, "Well, I can help you." So, personal experience zero, and I haven't even had Thank much God. interaction with him like through third parties. I've but. I've had a lot of interaction with others like him, but more recently, when I launched my course, I realized just how widespread his damage was because there's like, out of the first 20 people that I took on, I think it was four people that had had been ripped off by them. One was by him. One was for 2,000. One was for 8,000. One was for 6,000. I can't remember the other, but I was like, shit everyone's had dealings with this guy and he's ripped like nobody's happy at all mm-hmm. um I've, I've spoke to a few people who have said they signed up for some initial thing for like five hundred dollars a thousand dollars and it was okay and but then from there he sold them into some platinum thing or whatever um for, and that was the way i like the eight thousands come in and stuff like that and then he just goes missing some of the comments on that thread that seems to be really common is that he seems to want to meddle in people's relationships and love life and, and things like that. 
Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm yet to hear a positive comment, but he still seems to be making a lot of money off desperate trainers. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a huge problem because it's one of those things where there's no smoke without fire, right? So, you know, there's obviously something weird going on. And I remember, I, I know nothing about the guy. Like, so I literally just from interactions with people, but just from that, that thread that Tom talked about, I, um, I then just thought, oh, I'll have a little look online. I had 10 minutes. And some people commenting saying that he, they reckon he flew to the US, he pissed out people off in the UK, he had to go. Yeah. Um, and, mm. and it's one of those things where, unfortunately, in the social media world, you can just block people. And then, you know, you, that you can't ever see what they say. Or, you know, you don't ever, you can, you can be in your own little bubble. Yeah. Um, and it's frustrating because people aren't really accountable for their actions because you can't tag them in stuff and they don't really see anything. Um, you can't report them to anyone. Um, and yeah, and, I, and I've seen this post consistently and it's so frustrating. Yeah, and there's, and there's no one holding him accountable. You know, he's like the whole consultancy, coaching, mentoring world. Who do you go to? Like, yeah, like I, don't, I wouldn't even know. Who would you go? I don't genuinely. Who would you go to if you feel ripped off? The payment provider that might might work out okay for you, but I don't. That's know. That's the thing is, you hear you hear about stories even about fitness professionals just giving out dodgy you know dodgy diet plans, taking people's money, and then they report them to trading standards, and they're like, yeah, we don't know where they live. They you know they move around all over the place. Yeah. They, you know they rock up these places, but they they don't ever pay tax they don't ever do any of these things and you're just like shit it's, you can see why you know it goes back to what we were saying i guess about can you blame people for not trusting this industry because these are the people they might have their first interactions with or you know they, they, they've been burned this way and and it's you know you hear about it trainers you know you go online you, you hire a coach you pay him 350 quid you speak to him for 10 minutes you never hear from him again well of course the next time someone you speak to someone and they charge you even 100 quid you're going to go well how do i know you're not just going to bugger off um yeah. And it's and it's it's really hard because it's an it's it's embarrassing really sometimes to say you're a part of it because yeah. you're in the industry, um, and I think it's that's why we do I know it's it, we do it in jest a lot with this little part of the podcast, but it has a serious element to it in that like this is shit that you see like people fall for every day, yeah, um, and like people are getting taken advantage of all over the place, um, and we're almost if we don't talk about I know that's getting a bit heavy but like if we aren't talking about it wouldn't it so you know I think it, it probably does need to be spoke about more and stop because there's so many people getting ripped off because the reality is success is hard in this industry like there aren't many trainers doing well again within like the circles of traded by science lift the bar those kind of communities that kind of world it may seem like people are doing alright in this industry but Again, we're a tiny bubble, um, mm. and then there's the ninety percent out there that are lasting six months in this industry. Uh, maybe then getting desperate, going to find a six-figure fit pro coach slash mentor, <laughs> losing a load of money, and then six months later they're out of the industry or the, ripped some other some clients off. Yeah, the reason that these knobheads are six-figure fit pros is because they're charging you thirty-six k to have a consultation with you, and yeah, they're, they're they're fucking off. Like, there's a reason it's. You know, you can you can be just like them if you want to make six figures, but you're just going to be an absolute yeah, yeah an absolute dick. But the thing um, is, not many of them are doing anything in fitness, if any, anymore. Um, and, and I was like really hesitant to start helping trainers because I was like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy who was a trainer then goes to becoming a tra a coach of trainers. Uh, and that's it put me off it for ages. Um, but again, if 
if you don't offer an alternative, then you're complicit, really, in saying, no, you can't come to me. You're going to have to go to mm. the fit superhero dude. <laughs> <laughs> right, that, uh, I think that ends this segment of the podcast. It probably ends, um, ends it all together for the best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much for coming on. It's been a, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. Um, if people want to find you, just shout out your Facebook, Instagram, whatever handles and your website and go over that sort of stuff. Yeah, so easiest way to find me is just add me as a friend on Facebook. I'm friendly. So just find me, Succidu. If you want to find out, find the more businessy stuff, uh, then head over to Instagram, online fitness business, or again on Facebook, Succidu, online fitness business. Um, but Facebook profile is the easiest. I like to chat. So send me a friend request. Perfect. Last time we got you on the podcast, so there we go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah. Cool. If anybody, if anybody's got any questions for him as well, yeah, please. And you're slightly too scared to send it straight to him. Obviously, go via me or Dan, or uh, just post it in the uh, the community group or whatever, and we'll we'll make sure it finds its way. You can find a way in there, I'm sure, as well. So, so we'll get we'll find. get some yeah. in the group, and then yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll sure. Then we, cool. we, only only if he starts running it basically that's the only thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alright guys alright um, yeah. later guys catch you later guys see you next week later guys